Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. So we are continuing on a theme called Living Like Heaven. Heaven is here. Living Like Heaven is here. I don't know, but have we ever imagined how we'd be like in our communities, as Noah was sharing the, the message offering, if there was no crime, it was like heaven. Have we ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about it if our economy would reflect heaven? How, how would it look like? Would we still have poverty? Would we still have people begging on the road? How would it look like in our schools? How would it look like in South Africa, in our parliament? <laughs> Sometimes it can be like a circus, but it's still a parliament. <laughs> that is what it's all about, that um, we are continuing on this series, and I will be sharing on prayer. We are still continuing on the series, Living Like Heaven. So in the, in the prayer series, or in the prayer theme, we're going to be looking at how we can partner with God to bring heaven on earth, how we can, through prayer, bring heaven on earth. And that is basically the theme. I don't know about you, who would like to grow in their prayer life? May I see by a show of hands? Okay, I see. All right, I saw your hands. <laughs> Who would like to learn about prayer? <laughs> okay, I see your hands. <laughs> Who would like to pray more? <laughs> oh, amen. So I'm speaking to the right audience. So I would just, so I would just encourage you to come during the next coming weeks. Come to, uh, to the services. Um, engaged in all the opportunities that will be presented to you to pray, and as well listen to the podcast. And uh, just because this is a prayer series and I'm, I'm kicking it off, I just want us to start in prayer. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be leading in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be here, to share and to hear your word. Father, we just pray that we will receive your word, but not only receive your word, but we'll also be doers of the word as you ask us to do. That, Father God, as you've seen the hands that went up when I asked, who'd like to grow in prayer? There's so much hunger to grow, and I pray that, Lord, you will fulfill each and every desire that wants to grow, Lord, each and every desire that was expressed here today, saying that, Lord, I want to grow, I want to pray more. I pray that, Lord, each and every one of us will be able to pray more, will be able to learn more about prayer, will be able to grow in our prayer life. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. 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 Um, by just starting, I just want to start off by sharing my own personal story about prayer, right? About prayer. So here was me a few years ago. I was in a very financial tight spot, like Neo was showing, a very, very tight financial spot. And as I was in that financial spot, very tight, I was praying to God. There I was, kneeling before him, you know, earnestly, I say, Father, I pray. And I don't pray for a lot of things, Father. I'm not praying for many, many things. I'm praying for just basic things, two things, or not maybe two, a, a few things I'm praying for. The food, I want just you to give me money for food, money for the rent, that I can pay my rent, uh, money for petrol, and money for electricity and airtime. That's all. I'm not asking many, I need airtime, you all need airtime. <laughs> you can't live without airtime, obviously. And I was praying, 
And I said, that's all I ask, but I don't ask for much. That's all that I'm asking for. And the Lord said to me, and Josephine, that is your problem. And I'm like thinking, hi, Bo. I'm just asking for much, you know, I'm not demanding, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm just asking for a few things, basics. And the Lord said, that is your problem. That is your problem. You don't ask for much. You don't ask for much. I can only act in line with my word. In Matthew 9, 29, he says that according to your faith, let it be done unto you. So what is this thing that you're asking? You're becoming a very poor reflection of who I am. You're making me look like I'm a stingy father. I'm an uncaring father. I'm a poor father. I mean, Psalm 90, I mean, Psalm 50, verse uh, 10 to 12 talks about I own a cattle on a thousand hills. The earth and everything that is in it is mine. And there you are. I want you to be a channel of my blessings on the earth. I want you to have an abundance so that you can give, you know. I don't want you to be the people who are giving you donations. No, I want you to be the one who's giving donations. I want you to be the one who's creating jobs and being able to employ others. I want you to be the one who's going to be giving to mission to plant churches. That is who I want you to be. And here you're asking, and you're thinking you're being pious. You're not being pious. You're not being religious. You're not being humble. You are just being ignorant. That is who you are being. And I said, Jesus Christ, here I am. I always thought that I'm the prayer warrior. I mean, like, I'm a woman of God. And say that the reflection of whatever you have is because of your faith and what you've been asking for. And I said, God, yo, I mean, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I need to drink water after that. And, and you know, I realized where does that come from? Where does that me, my need of, of, of uh, asking for little come from? And I realized it actually comes from, from my upbringing. Just to tell you a little bit about myself, that I was, my name is Josephine because my parents were expecting a boy, so they named me Joseph before I was born. Because my grandmother had this vision. Okay, you can see the inverted commas, right? The vision, in the vision, my grandmother saw me as Joseph in the Bible, the son of Jacob, the favorite son, and he, she thought that I was going to be that. And therefore, my parents named me that. And I think it affected my father more, the disappointment of yeah. me being a, a girl. Disappointed my father more than it disappointed my mom. And my dad treated me harshly. So I always felt like I didn't belong. So I never wanted to ask for more, you know, because I felt like I'm not wanted. I, I'm, I'm actually a burden because they don't want me, so as to speak. And I could see my sisters going there and asking for things. Yeah, they are buying me this. And they are being my mother and my father would buy them. But for me, I always ask for little, for little. I mean, even my, even my mom today always likes to say, you know, you never really ask for much. Like, it's the truth, because I've never felt that I belonged because of they rejected me. And that is where it comes from. And God was correcting me. He said, no, 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 I'm not like an earthly father. I'm not like an earthly father. I love you. You're my, you're my daughter. You have rights within this house, legitimate right for that matter. You can ask for anything. And so I'm going to go, oh, by the way, I have this clicker today. I can click for myself. <laughs> let's see. Ah, okay, let's see if it's going to work. Okay, let's try again. <laughs> they did tell me that it has to buzz a bit, and I have to give it some time. All right, I guess. Okay, can you help me? Is it on? Oh, there all right, it's okay. If I struggle, the, the back will help me. All right, I want us to read together. I like this idea of reading together so that people can be alive. And Okay, let's read together. It says, Abide in me, and I in you, 
As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is the fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Amen. Thank you so much for reading with me. Uh, this scripture in John chapter 15, verse 4 and 7, it was Jesus Christ speaking to his disciples, and he was saying to them, I am the branch, oh, I'm the branch Jesus, sorry. I am the branch Jesus. You are the vine. That's basically what he was saying. Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. And um, it could have been any other tree that he was using, but because of the context of where he was, he was using the context of the vine and the grapes and all that because they lived in an area where they could grow vines where the grapes come from, right? And you can use a banana tree, an apple tree, whatever tree, but every tree has got what we call a vine or what we can call a stem, and then every tree has got what we call branches, and they work together in order for it to produce the fruit. And what we know is that the stem or the vine is the one that is connected to the soil, where the nutrients come to feed the branches. And then the branches are the one that will bear the fruit. And the fruit will be beneficial to us. We eat the fruit, they nourish us, they've got beneficial, um, well, beneficial qualities that can enhance our life. Other people make business out of it, export them, employ others, becomes opportunity, whatever. They have, they have a benefit, the fruits have the benefit. And, uh, but it's not the stem that uh, produces the fruit, it is the branches. So they have to work together because of if they don't work together, the fruit will not come out. And so basically Jesus Christ is telling us the same thing, that you are the one who will have to bear fruit. You will have to be the one that are fruitful in the world so that the world can benefit out of your fruitfulness. But your fruitfulness also depends on me because I'm the one who's connected to heaven. I am the one who's got a right standing with the Father, and therefore, through you partnering with me, I, we can all be fruitful, so as to speak. And so here we learn that that's one of the principles that we learn. But when we come to the principle of prayer, is the one that I have highlighted. I don't want to go to that, but I still want to go to the scripture. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And where there we see two principles, and I like the way that Greg likes to explain these things. It's like, you can see there are two conditions there. In order for, for us to get the last part, that it will be done for us, in order for it to be done for us, we have to fulfill the two conditions. So what are those two conditions? The first condition is that you have to abide in me. And the second condition is not only abiding in him only, it's also that the words of Jesus Christ have to abide in us. So those are the two conditions. Unless these two conditions are fulfilled, then it will not be done for us. So it means our prayers will not be effective. It will be like just saying poets, you know, poetry, it will be like recitation. It will not be prayer. So here Jesus Christ is telling us the principle of prayer, that your prayer will work only if you do these things. So we can see there that Jesus Christ is giving us the principle of prayer. So, now we move on. Then, what is prayer? Exactly what is it that is prayer? 
And, um, all right, let's see. Uh, okay, this is prayer. Prayer, the first part, prayer is what we call a channel through which heaven moves. And secondly, prayer is partnership, cooperation. And prayer, again, is posture. And I will explain further as I go along. That prayer is it's a posture, it's a position. And I will explain to you what I mean by that. So now we're moving on to the second, um, to the why do we need to pray. Now that we know what prayer is, Okay, let me just do this because I brought my big Bible, so I feel like it's taking my space. <laughs> let me just put it like this. I will refer to it. Okay. All right, uh, so why, why pray? And I go back to the first thing. What is prayer? The first thing that I said is because prayer is a channel through which heaven moves. And I'm going to say again, why pray? Because prayer, you can move on to the next slide, because prayer is a channel through which heaven's power moves. And that is a very um, important aspect for us to understand. We often ask ourselves, like, why are we having this in our community? Why is this not happening? But really, God is limited to our prayers. What limits God is our prayers. It's our partnership with him in prayer. If we don't partner with him, if we don't become the channel through which he can come on earth, then nothing is going to happen. And this is because, as I said before, um, God works by principles. And one of the thing, first things that he said when he created man, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, there he says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And um, the key word there that I wanted to highlight is let them have dominion. So I'm going to try and explain this in an analogy of um, a kingdom like we understand um, in, in the world we have different rulers, we have different kingdoms, we have different governments. So what happened is that God had given us, his children, um, a kingdom on earth. It's like our father is a king, he owns everything. So he has another territory. We know all about the galaxies and all those things. He owns everything and he created um, the earth as well. So he decided to give us his children to rule over the earth. Like he rules the, the heavens, so that you rule it. But what we did is that we disobeyed him and we, we lost our rulership. As we lost our rulership, a tyrant, you know, a wicked ruler took charge. And instead of us continuing to be rulers, he became that. He, that is Satan. He started to dominate. Before, if we read Genesis 1 to 2, it's so beautiful. Everything that God created was good. There was wonderful, um, you know, communion with, with God. There was, it was awesome. Uh, the, um, man, man, Adam was communicating with God. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful union with God. But after we sinned, that union was broken. And Satan took over and he started to dominate, to bring his wicked kingdom. He brought poverty. He brought sickness and disease. He, he brought oppression. He brought all the negative things that we know about. And God, because of his mercy, he decided that I'm going to restore, you know, my kingdom. So he came through his son, Jesus Christ, and restored that kingdom to us. So our job is for us to partner with him to restore that kingdom, to make sure that we don't live in this kingdom as paupers when God has made us to be rulers with him. And so I, and the thing is that um, I'm using a different analogy as well to explain this. What I want to explain is like, even though God has given us um, the earth to manage on his behalf, 
we are managing it. And he respects authorities, not like some of our leaders, okay? So God respects authority. If it's a, he respects the Constitution, for that matter, you know, his Constitution is the Bible. He respects it and he abides by it himself. And so what he's saying to us in, in, in the Constitution is like, when we... When I have a property and I have tenants leasing that property, the tenants cannot, um, I cannot go there as a landowner or as a landlord just because I can, you know. It's my house, I can. It, that, the, the lease agreement usually limits my right as an owner. I have to let my, my tenants enjoy the privacy of or the, the property that they are leasing. I can't go anytime. And even with God, his involvement on earth is through us. It's through our partnership with him. It's through us abiding in him, in his word. It's through us keeping that health relationship with him and obeying his word. That is how he can bring his kingdom on the earth. And basically, what I'm trying to say is that unless we pray, we invite him in, God will not come in. The tenants of the property have to give the landlord that permission to say, come in and do whatever. Both the landlord as well as the tenant have responsibilities, have rights, have responsibilities, but they all depend on each other. I'll make an example. Like, I, as a Josephine, a pastor, a prayer warrior, whatever, I cannot heal anybody. <laughs> I cannot save anybody. I can't. I'm limited. I'm limited. Just like the stem cannot bear fruit. It is limited unless the branch does its part. The branch has to be connected to the stem so that it can bear fruit. So me as well, I cannot do it, I cannot save anybody. What I can do is I can pray, I can give money for the missions, and I can be a missionary myself, and I can tell them about Jesus, but only Jesus can save them. That is what is so the whole point, that we look at God and say, ah, why are you not doing this? Say that you are not connected. The connection is not there. You didn't switch on your, your data thing. It's off. I cannot do anything. I cannot get through because of you are not on Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? It's like you're not there. I can't. So switch on. Let this relationship work, you know? That's what he's basically saying. He has to get through us. And this is the quotation that I like. He says, God does nothing but in answer to prayer. He's limited. We have to give him permission. That is why we have that scripture. Whatever you allow on earth, it will be allowed. Because of we have to give permission. Are we allowing him to come into our communities through our prayers? Are we allowing him to move through, our, through us? All right. Uh, the second point about prayer. Prayer is cooperation with God. And Isaiah 46 verse 10 tells us that my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. And I, may, I like this verse and this whole um, concept that um, prayer is cooperation or partnership with God. Why do I like it? Because we hear a lot about you know, partnership, multinational partnering together. You'll find that, hey, this big business is partnering with this big business because they say, hey, we want to dominate the market. We want to be more powerful. Then we hear another political parties joining forces together for what purpose they want to be the dominant political force and so that they can get the more votes or whatever it is that they want to accomplish. And for us, you may be saying, what am I cooperating with God for? This partnership, what am I partnering with him for? We are partnering with him to, so that he can accomplish his purpose, he can accomplish his will. His kingdom can come and his will may be done on earth. 
Now, the next question is that what is that? What is his will on earth? What does really God want to achieve on earth? And we find this in, in the scriptures again in Habakkuk. Oh, is it Habakkuk? <laughs> you, never, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. English is not my first language. <laughs> yeah, chapter 2, verse 14, it says that for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God wanted his kingdom to cover the, the earth. He wants his kingdom to cover the earth. He wants each and every part of the world to be covered with the knowledge of his glory. And you may ask, what is his glory? His glory, to, it's about his manifest presence. It, it talks about his presence. He wants the earth to be filled with his presence everywhere. When we look at a society, can we say we can see God's glory in there? When we look at our education system, can we say we can see God's glory? When we look at our political system, can we say, God, we can see your glory in there? What is it that we are seeing and what would we like to see? God is saying to us, he wants to see his kingdom um, in each and every part of the world. So when we, we talked about, uh, when I sorry, made a mention of the scripture in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, I also want to make um, another scripture, Genesis chapter 1, verse 8 verse 28, where it talks about God saying to Adam and Eve, go and multiply. Often a lot of people use that scripture as saying that go and multiply, talking about have children. Yes, that's one aspect. But if that was the only aspect, I would really be sinning myself. I would really be in sin because I don't have any children, no dog, no cat, nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> you, are, you are already out of place when it just been. I'm really. But what I'm basically, God was trying to say to us through that scripture, was saying that multiply my glory, extend my glory. I want my glory to be filled each and every part. When we look at a society, can we say God's glory is there? And oftentimes people think about it, that it means that I have to be a missionary somewhere. It can mean that, but it's not always geographical. It also means about the economy. I mean, we were just praying about our in, our, in, in each and every area of the economy, in our economy, is that how is that God's glory? I mean, Africa is the richest, you know, planet, planet, <laughs> continent. Hey! Is the richest continent with all the minerals, with all the, the Congo River, which people say that it can actually power the whole, it can give energy, electricity, electrical energy to the whole sub-Saharan. If only, if only we had godly, righteous people in those spaces who knew how to use their authority, who knew how to rule properly, we would see, we would not have load shedding because of there would be righteous rulers in that area. And that is what God is trying to do, say that I want to come into the earth, I can see your cries. You are crying, say, Aish, load shedding, Eskom, or is it Eshkom? You know? <laughs> we are crying, but... What are we doing? And we cannot say, God, do, do something. God say, I want to do something, but I'm the stem. That's my position. I'm not the fruit-bearing part. You are. You are the fruit-bearing part. I, I want to. And sometimes when you say, God is limited, people say, that hey, you're preaching heresy. No, no, no. I'm quoting John. Uh, you see, you saw it. John 15. <laughs> he said it himself. I am the vine. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm not bearing the fruit. You are. And you can only bear fruit if you cooperate. So on earth, 
God is not limited anywhere else in the world except in the earth because he gave us as his children dominion. Like, it's you who must do it. And God is not a usurper of power. No, 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 no. He respects authority. It's yours. I went to the cross. I sent my son to give you this authority. You are my sons. You are my daughters. You have to enforce this thing. But we are not cooperating. So God, that is why I put that scripture in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. Let's read it together so that you don't say it's me. <laughs> so let's read it together. It says, so I sought for a man among them who will make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. I am saying this because of the Bible talks about in Nehemiah, there was a man called Nehemiah, and he heard the bad news that the walls of Jericho had of Jerusalem had fallen and they're exposed. And in those times, the walls represented a lot of things. One of them was protection. And, you know, if the walls are broken, it's easy for, of a city broken, it's easy for an enemy to come and destroy the land. You're exposed, they can see your weaknesses, they can see what to do with you. So it was not a, a nice place to be. So Nehemiah looked at those walls and decided, I'm going to go and do something. But he didn't just go. He prayed. The Bible said that he prayed. And after he prayed, he went to, to ask for permission to go and do something um, with the walls that were broken in Jerusalem. And after he, he did that, he went and he built the wall. And he was doing this in cooperation with God. If you read the whole book of Nehemiah, you will see that he saw that he could do something, but he knew that he could only do it with the help of the Lord. He was the proper branch. He remained in the branch. He followed the rules of the... Of, 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 he, he followed... I mean, he remained in the vine, and he followed the rules of the, the vine, and that is why he was able to do something. So what... what there, there are many walls in our own... South Africa, in our own communities that have been broken, what are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? Are we going to be the Nehemiah and be able to say, I need to, to, to start doing something. When I see what is happening in the education, am I just going to be quiet? Am I not going to partner with God? Can I not just pray and ask God for a strategy to help me to rebuild these walls? And that is what God is saying. We are the ones who are supposed to do something. Okay, that is what? Uh, I've got a few quotations. We can go to them. It says that without man, God is helpless. That is what Pastor Sunday Adelaide said, and that's the whole thing. God is not limited anywhere except on earth because that's the domain that he gave for men to rule on his behalf. And we can only make a difference if we make partnership with God. Uh, the other thing is that this other quotation by J. Sidlow Baxter says, men may spurn our appeals, may reject our message, may oppose our arguments, may despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. Another quotation that I like, I've got quite a lot, <laughs> says that he who kneels before God can stand before any man. And I like this one because it talks about Nehemiah. There's so many things. We are intimidated. We see the, the farm gates or the Ramapalala, or whatever they call it. You know, we hear this and we feel helpless, but we are not helpless. Because behind us, there's a greater force, there's a bigger power. The Bible says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we can take the lessons from Nehemiah and pray before God, and God can give us strategies to know how we can make a difference. We can be the true salt and the lights in the earth that he's given to us to manage on his behalf. Because he's the landowner, he's going to come and ask us, how have you been doing? <laughs> he's the, you know, you are my caretaker, how have you been doing? That's what he's going to ask us, and what will be our response? All right. The next part, this part is a, is a position. Prayer is a position and a posture. 
And what I mean by that, it's, it's a stand. And I want to go back to what I said firstly about prayer <laughs> and going back to my own personal example once again that I made. I said earlier on that I grew up in an environment where I was not accepted, I was rejected, and I felt I didn't belong, and therefore I didn't ask God for much. And in my own understanding, when I was in a relationship, when I became born again, I became part of the God's family, I still carried that spirit of, of, of being an orphan, of being unwanted. I carried it with me. And when I was asking, it was from that position of being an orphan, being a pauper, somebody who does not belong. And that is the reasons why I was having little. I was having an ineffective prayer life. But if I knew... You know, God is opening my eyes and he's opening our eyes to know who we are in him, who know our rights and privileges in him so that we can accomplish more. Because if I was, I was like my sisters, because they had more, I mean, I would look at them because of they ask for more, you know? They ask for more. And even us as Christians, through our faith, you know, it's very embarrassing to even say, through our faithless prayers, you know, our, our prayers that are full of unbelief, you know, we are not accomplishing much. Through, through our poor relationship with the Lord, we are not accomplishing, because I have a poor relationship with my dad, right? So, obviously, I couldn't have much, because my relationship was broken. Hence, the first part of, like, if you abide in me, it talks about relationship. If your relationship with me is okay. For me, my relationship was a relationship of like, of like an unwanted child. So when I was asking, it was like a bit of a, what is, do we call it? A multiple choice kind of thing. A, you know, like a trial and error kind of thing. I don't know if you'll give me, I don't know, but I'll just try, you know. And I didn't have much. There was no confidence in it. But my sisters would go, Baba, you must buy me this and this. Just like that. And they would get it. And I'm like, hey, me. Uh, Papa, I don't know, it's cool, you know. Uh, uh, so I wouldn't get much, you know. I wouldn't get much, but they knew who they were. And this is the whole point that it's a stand of knowing who you are, of knowing your rights and your privileges as a child, as, as a daughter of the Most High God. You must know who you are. And one of the things that God talks about, about who we are, he talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. He said that we are, we are ambassadors for Christ. And I was so blessed by Kenan because that's what he prayed for in our pre-service prayer. He said that we need to know that we are ambassadors for Christ. And when I thought about it, what is an ambassador for Christ, you know? Because unless you know who you are, unless if you know your relationship with God, what it means to you, you will pray like I did, you know? with a bit of hesitancy. And it's very clear in the Bible. It says that a double-minded man will not get anything. That is what James is saying. Say that a double-minded man will get nothing. You, we don't know what you want. You are neither here, neither there. So what is, what is God supposed to give you? He doesn't know. You are giving him a multiple choice. Choose any of the above, you know, kind of a thing. Anything will go, kind of a thing. And if you know, you will walk confidently. The Bible says that scripture, that is why I put the next scripture, said this is the confidence. You see the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, you see, that is there. We will have the confidence if we know who we are and if we know what our rights and our privileges in him entitle us to, 
then we can ask for big things, not for small things, hey, airtime, and um, you know, those kind of things. No, we can ask with confidence. So when I thought, what are the things that God has given me and has made me as a daughter in his house? God said, you are an ambassador for Christ. So I went and I did a little bit of study to see what, is the, what are the rights of an ambassador? Hey, and I was so impressed. You are said, yeah? And remember, this is... <laughs> <laughs> and this is not an analogy. Sometimes we read, uh, this is an analogy. Jesus Christ is saying that he's made me an ambassador and it's an analogy. It's not an analogy, it's a reality. You know, it's a reality. It's not an analogy, it's not an example. No, 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 no. I am an ambassador. I may not look like one, but I am. That is who I am. And Jesus Christ said, I am my ambassador for Christ. And I said, what does an ambassador do? And I remember, an ambassador goes to another country and he goes there to represent the interest, not their own interest, you know, the interest of the country where they come from, right? right? And where can, which kingdom do I come from? I come from the kingdom of heaven, yeah? Yes. I'm, what am I coming here to? I don't come on my own mission. I come to advance the mission of the country from which I come from, yeah? <laughs> I'm coming here to advance the country, the mission of the kingdom of heaven. And what is the mission of the kingdom of heaven? It's to bring healing, it's to bring restoration, it's to bring love. Above all, there is such a need for love and empathy and caring. I'm coming to bring the mission of that country. I'm coming to bring hope to hopeless situation. I'm coming to bring restoration to things that have been broken. I'm coming to heal. That is what I'm coming to on that mission. That is the mission of the kingdom that I'm representing. And as an ambassador, there is no ambassador that is supported financially or anyhow by the country where they are sent to. They are supported by that country where they come from. So when I'm asking, I can't ask. If I'm sent to the poorest country in the world, I can't go to the poorest country and say, hey, you know, I need airtime. No, 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 no. I have to ask it from... The way I've been sent. That is why, because if I come from the richest country in the world, I'm not going to ask for little things, yeah? No, 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 no. Yeah? I'm, because they need to see what my country looks like, right? They need to see how we dress. You see, they need to know how we do our hair. You see, they need to see everything. I need to be a reflection of that because I'm not representing myself. If I'm going with shapey clothes and everything, that's the country that I'm representing. You know, they say, oh, is that where your country is? Oh, shame, South Africa, but you. You know, God is saying, no, no, you, I'm, I'm, you are here on my mission. You see, I'm here on his mission. And, and they told me, when you're in the mission house, right, the people in that country or the government cannot even come to the mission, to the embassy without my permission. Huh? So I could be in this country and then... Maybe country A, because I don't want to mention countries, you know how people fight, you know. I don't want to start another war, so I'll just <laughs> country A, you know, for, for peace, we need peace. So I'm here, I'm going to this country A. Even though I'm in the country A, but I belong to the country of South Africa, it cannot come to my mission. I have a right to say, no, 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 only by permission. Hmm? Only by permission. You can only come into my, to the embassy by permission. I'm the one. That is why Matthew 18 says, whatever I permit. What am I permitting? What is it as Christians that we have permitted that shouldn't be in our country? Now we're speaking a powerful message. We see crime. We've allowed it because we are not planting churches. We are not planting churches. We are not bringing God's kingdom. 
we need to understand our mission, that we are sent here on a mission. And that is the thing that I, I wanted us to remember. But the other thing that I discovered, this was like the classic, oh, this was like, this is it about being an ambassador. This one really, I, I, I read that they enjoy what they call diplomatic immunity. Yeah? I'm thinking, <laughs> diplomatic immunity? What is that? It means that if I, they say that if an ambassador commits crime, they cannot be arrested. You know, they're immune from being arrested, basically. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I like this one. <laughs> no, not that I'm planning to do anything evil, please. I, I, I'm not planning it. But I wanted God to make me to understand what do you mean, diplomatic immunity? What does it mean as your child that you've made me a, an, an ambassador? He made it clear to me, so that you see in Galatians 3.13, okay, before I go to Galatians 3.13, I want to talk about this diplomatic um, immunity that ambassadors have. It comes from what they call the Vienna Convention of 1961, right? I read, you can see I read. So, where does my diplomatic immunity come from? That's the mood. It comes from Galatians 3.13, and this is where I want us to go. I brought my Bible. You can go with me. I, it's not on the slides, so you're not going to see it. And, but I know the scripture. I can say it says so that um, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He said, cursed is everyone who is the one who hangs on the tree. What does that mean? I wanted to understand. What does that mean, Lord? And the Lord explained to me, okay, let me read it so that you can see it come from the scripture. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung in a tree. And for me, God told me that, um, okay, that he has given me this um, diplomatic immunity from poverty, that's one of the things. Number two is from sickness. Number three is from eternal separation. The second death, I've been redeemed. So I said, Lord, this is so beautiful to know that I've been redeemed from poverty. So when poverty comes, I can send it back and say, go back to sender. When poverty, when sickness comes, you know, the courier comes, company say, oh, here's your sickness. What? Wrong address, send it to the sender. That's what I can say. And I was so happy to find out that. And so I just wanted to say, um, there's so much more that God wants to, to do in, in the world, but he's limited by us. And I pray that as Christians, we'll know our position, we'll know that we are the channel through which God wants to work in the earth. We'll not be like me and ask for things that are you know, limited. We'll not limit God by our prayers. We'll not pray faithless prayers. Instead, we'll trust him to, um, to do more through us. Amen. Amen. Woo.